0: Jamie Metzl is a technology and healthcare futurist, a geopolitical expert, a novelist, entrepreneur, media commentator, and senior fellow of the Atlantic Council. In February, 2019, he was appointed to the World Health Organization as an expert on the advisory committee on developing global standards for the governance and oversight of human genome editing. Please meet Jamie Metzl. Welcome Jamie to yeah. my podcast. I have to tell everybody why you in this context mm-hmm. of everything I do. No, it's not about fashion. No, it's not about skin products. Although I, I am
1: very, fashionable, ve- very and I fashionable and I hope I have and nice and you have skin. skin, good.
0: I discovered Jamie listening to a podcast. And it's the Joe Rogan podcast, and I'm a big fan. And I'm listening to this guy who is just like, what, everything you were saying. I was like, yes, yes, I love this guy. I have to meet him. And so I sought out and trying to find a way to meet you, and then we met. And it was like, okay, this is a soul thing. It was. This guy thing. is yeah. really amazing. I am so connected to everything he's saying. I love what he's about, and that's how we sort of hooked up.
1: Yeah, but if I can add a little bit yes. to that story, when I got the message from you, and it was from Norma Kamali, it's like, wow, Norma Kamali, because you have this mythic status in my family. <laughs> I'm a cousin. I've, I've told you right. the story. My mother, before I was born, was in New York City, and she went to the Norma Kamali showroom, and you put her in this beautiful purple dress, and you tied it sleeping
0: up. Back. Sleeping bag. Sleeping bag.
1: And then she came back to Kansas City, and my mother is very beautiful, but she's 5'2", and she put the thing on, and she didn't know how to tie it, and it became this big thing. And for literally decades, we've been having these two stories. One, Norma Kamali is my favorite designer. <laughs> And we had this big purple sleeping bag thing. And when my mother stopped using it for fashion, it became part of everybody's Halloween costume for years in, in Kansas City. So I was so, thrilled to hear from you.
0: Uh, I'm happy. Timeless, what, in whatever form yes. is good yes. for me. So I'm happy about that. So we talked about the future. And, you know, I have a great interest in it. You're in a whole other level of what the future is about. And so that's a conversation. But we had another conversation recently, and I was talking about my campaign for Aging with Power. And this is something you have information to share with us, and I would love for your comments and information. Sure. Well, first,
1: let me say what a pleasure it is for me to be here with you. And second, how much I support your mission. Because one of the things that we all I think, know and should be celebrating is that life isn't just a thing where you're kind of young and then you're done. Right. It's this wonderful series of mysteries and chapters and changes. And at every stage of our life, there's something that you used to be able to do. Maybe you can't do it as well as you once did, but there's some, there are new things that you can learn, and there are mm-hmm. things that you do better. Yeah. And if we don't see ourselves as a combination of all of these things, and we just see life as this kind of like you go up, and then you hit your peak,
0: and, and then you go yeah. down,
1: it's like it's so sad mm-hmm. because there's just so much to give. I mean, I was telling you at, over, over lunch, I mean, some of my best friends are people in their 80s and I just love these mm-hmm. people because there's like so much life, so much wisdom yeah. and how fortunate I am to have you know, friends yeah. who, who have that. And I hope that I'm that way when, when I'm at that age. And so I certainly feel that as a, as a human being. But I also live in the world of thinking about revolutionary science and what revolutionary science is going to mean for all of us and yeah. how we think about just how biology works, how we treat disease. Uh, how we make babies, the nature of the babies we make, and also how we think about aging. And it's almost like two sides of the same spectrum, though. On one hand, definitely we have to accept aging. because yeah, It's part, it's natural, mm-hmm. it's part of who we are, and there's a lot of, of dignity in it. On the other hand, we can't just accept nature. The entire history of our species has in many ways been, at least in part, about our war with nature. Right. Like our ancestors living out in the, in the forests, I mean, they repeatedly, every, most everybody starved to death. You were afraid that the predators were going to eat right. you. And so when we started fighting against nature, whether it was with fire or agriculture or medicine, what well, we weren't saying though, everything that nature throws at us is inherently good. It's that nature has some really wonderful things. Yeah. We need to live in harmony with nature as best we can. But in the areas where nature is trying to kill us, Let's fight back. Like if nature is giving me some kind of disease, I don't want to say, oh, I guess that's natural. It's like, screw that, I'm going to fight back. And so while aging, we have to accept the natural part of aging, I think it's great that we say, well, how can we preserve our youth? Mm -hmm. And we think about preserving our, there's two different ways to think about it. One is about population averages, or when people talk about average lifespans, and and that's really important. Because we need to recognize that we're all humans. And so if my life expectancy is, let's say, 90, according to actuarial tables, but there's somebody else, which is the case in New York, who's my own age, uh, and their average life expectancy based on their socio- socioeconomic status and demographics is 50 or 60, well, that's, that's harming me. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a person, and we, we need to say, well, for us all to live longer on average so that everyone's potential can be fully realized... We need to make sure that everybody has that access. But then there's the individual question, is I hope that I have a lot to contribute in this world and I want to do it as long as as I can with as much positive Mm -hmm. energy as I can. And so there's a lot of of, of work that's being done trying to understand, well, how do we do that? And kind of the level one stuff Um, is that everybody needs to do the things that we all intuitively know we should do. It's Mm -hmm. like there are these places around the world called blue zones, where people on average live longer and healthier than in in other places. And basically we should do kind of like the things that they do. It's, you know, and everybody knows it. Eat healthy, diet, exercise, have a a reason for being, um, live in a community, sleep, all those things. And everybody gets that. Uh, and then, though, there are a lot of scientific interventions that people are exploring. And they're not very mm-hmm. natural, but they rely on, on nature. So one is there are a series of drugs that in animal and starting in, in human uh, models are showing that they have at least the potential to extend healthy human lifespan. And in many ways, what they're doing uh, is mimicking the body's experience of exercise, which is why everybody should be exercising, and of scarcity. So, our ancestors um, went through these funnels. I mean, one about 1.2 million years ago, and then 150,000 years ago, and then 75,000 years ago. These times when most all humans died, but mostly from starvation. And our ancestors were the ones who survived because you had this funnel. And so, why did our ancestors survive? Is that we had, like, you know, on, your, on your computer, when you're running low on energy, you go to screensaver mode. So, we have a screensaver mm-hmm. mode inside of our cells. Yes. And so, what a lot of these, these new drugs, are, some of them are even old drugs, are doing is basically trying to tell our cells, well, go into preservation mm-hmm. mode. Don't use all of your energy, don't use all of your, your glucose, your, your sugar, acting like you're a young person growing, just yeah, conserve. So there are a bunch of, uh, my guess is within about 10 years, there'll be a personalized anti-aging drug that people will, uh, will take. But then there are a lot of things that, like I talked about your body's experience of scarcity, there's some really simple things, and there's a lot of research now about, people call it intermittent fasting. I think that's the wrong word for it. What I call it is timed eating.
0: Yeah, which is great. Yeah, it's great, because great. you
1: think about it, like, how did our ancestors live? Like, you kind of ate dinner, you probably didn't want to eat dinner too late because it's, it's kind of hard when it's all dark to, mm-hmm. like, get your dinner together and kind of clean up. and yeah. so you, you kind of ate pretty early. Then you went to bed when it was dark. Then you woke up when it was light, but you didn't, like, you know, open the fridge. Right. You, you actually had, you to, had, go do, out you there had to do and something get it. to get yeah. it. And so we ended up, just, you don't, didn't eat for a big yeah. chunk of the time, and that's how our bodies work. And so that's why this thing, if you have, like, a, you know, it's eight... Eight hours is probably the best. Sometimes people go to nine. But if you kind of have your first bite and then your last bite within an eight or nine hour window, it's like people's, like the mice, where they have on that diet end up being kind of sleek and Mm -hmm. healthy. And the same, and the mice doing everything the same, but just eating the same amount of food spread out end up being obese. So there's that. And there's a bunch of different types of interventions.
0: Also, I think it's important to emphasize the quantity of food that we eat now is so extraordinary and unrealistic for the human body to digest. And obviously, quantity doesn't mean quality. So in that period of time, what are you eating? And do you need to eat as much as you think you need to eat? Probably not. And there used to be I think all of these health magazines or information would have, all you need is a fifth size of meat or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, and a half a cup of that. And that measurement sort of has disappeared in the fast food sort of era. And I think really self-regulating quantity makes it so much easier to digest and so much easier to kind of feel light and active, right? Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. weighted down.
1: Yeah. It's so, it's oppressive. so right. Yeah. And so the people in these blue zones, they all have, That's right. you know, we, do, we call it a calorie-restricted diet, yeah. which makes it sound like it's Terrible. a punishment. yeah. But what they're doing is they just have lower calorie intake. We I mean, yeah. need a basic level of calories just yeah. to, to survive. We have these two things. One is we don't have any kind of portion control. control. And because in many cases, the cost of the input, like you go to the movies, the, the cost for each kernel of popcorn is zero.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so if they can sell you like a tub you do that's it. this big, yeah. they're going to do it because there's yeah. no downside yeah. for them. But then the second thing, the reason why this is, is hard, is that for basically all of our history, all of our evolutionary history until very, very recently, your biggest fear in life was starvation. Starving. Yeah. And so when there was a moment where you actually had food, you were incentivized. It's like when you see a lion in the in yes. the, in Africa, in the Serengeti, and they like kill a zebra, they're not thinking, well, you know, I'm just gonna have a small portion control. <laughs> they think like store up. I've got this zebra <laughs> yeah. now, who knows what's what's coming. And so in our brains, yeah. we are, our brains are wired to when food is available, just keep going. Mm-hmm. And then we have all these in- industries that are incentivized mm-hmm. to go along with right. that. And so it re- requires like a level of awareness, but it also requires just a, a, as you were saying, like an appreciation and a love of eating and eating as this sensual right. experience because of quality. It's like, yeah, like, you know, I don't eat potato chips, but if I were to eat a potato chip, And, you know, once in a while I have it. Like, maybe you get a little pleasure with the first one. But when you've eaten, like, the entire Mm. bag, your pleasure has not gone up. You're just kind
0: of... But the ingredients, so there's obviously, between high-fructose corn syrup Mm. and salt and fats and sweet, it's heroin. Yes. And basically, you become addicted to that combination. So you can't just have one chip. You have to have them all, right. and then you feel bad, yeah. and you don't feel good about yourself, and you're making yourself sick. Right. So that addictive component to whatever, there's a lot of things that are happening right, that yeah. are creating that kind of yeah. production and those ingredients in food, but it's really self-regulating and self-awareness yeah. to limit the quantity, go for quality, and stay away from anything that you know is bad, because that's going to, you, you will just get the needle, yeah. put the heroin yeah. in, and you know what's happening. Yeah. And it's hard
1: for people to do that, because people are really stressed, and they're working lots of hours, and they have kids, and that's why the work that you're doing, Norma, is so important, because there needs to be, there's a massive social infrastructure around doing the wrong mm-hmm. thing. I mean, there's the producers, uh, then there's the cost of production. It's yeah. so much cheaper to make foods using these high-fructose mm-hmm. corn syrup yeah. and, and all of this crap. And then there's the marketing. So you're getting advertisements like, you know, drink Coke so you can find love and have a community. Yeah. You know, all of these things, and you're just being bombarded. And that's why the work that you're doing is so important because we need to build a community where it doesn't feel like doing all the things that you're describing is some kind of punishment. It mm-hmm. should feel like this is a way of embracing mm-hmm. life and feeling good and, yeah. and respecting your body. And not just respecting your body, like making yourself more available to yourself, to the people you love, sticking around longer, mm-hmm. not having diabetes when you're, when you're older. I mean, it's like it's a win-win, but the messaging and the community building around this is yeah. really important. It,
0: it's so critical. I, I think, you know, the hope that there is a shot or a pill yeah. or something that helps us sort of put the screen saver right. on is amazing. But before we take any drug to help our cholesterol or do any right. of that, it's so simple and it's much cheaper to just do the things you have to do And it's hard at the beginning. It always is. It's always challenging. But the reward is so amazing. I mean, from a self-esteem point of view, from an aging with power point of view, where if you feel better about yourself, you're going to feel better about everything you do and the way you present yourself. And we think of age from a visual, from a vanity point of view. So the idea of being youthful is always the positive. But if we visualize age, not from a point of view about vanity that says youth, but from a healthy, fit person who is 50, who is 60, who is 70, that's a redefinition of those ages. It's not the same. So if I say I'm 74, I'm not this other 74. Mm -hmm. I'm 74. That's Mm -hmm. what 74 looks like. And that's what we can do to redefine this age thing that is really not that complicated. So the intermittent fasting, I think, is is really something that's not talked about as much. It seems to be certain people in the know know. But
1: now, everybody
0: does. Hopefully, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And so, how do you, um, what are your thoughts about how to make that? If you were, as a yeah. futurist, yeah. and you were to see this as a campaign of sorts, right. what would you imagine that to be? Because it is a simple yeah. concept. Yeah.
1: And I think that for all of these things, if we're telling people you have your life, live some other life. That's like a really hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I would rather have our messaging be that you have your life. There's some really easy changes. Yeah. It's not revolution. It's like a few little yep. tweaks. And just try it and it, it'll turn out mm-hmm. that it's not as hard as it seems. So exercise, You know, people think, well, exercise means you know, I have to go to the gym every morning and I have to hire a trainer and it's going to be expensive. Mm-hmm. And that you certainly can do that. But it it may mean just as a start, like I uh, work in an office. My office is on the seventh floor. I'm just going to make a rule. I never take Mm -hmm. the elevator. Like, that's it. Like, that's one tiny change, but that's enough. If you never take the elevator, you're actually getting a little bit of exercise. It's great. And so, like, half of the people in this country get no exercise. Mm -hmm. I originally uh, come from Kansas City, and literally, you could live your entire life with no exercise because you have your, in your house, and you have the garage. You get, you Get in the car. You drive to work. Yeah. You park in your in uh, your workplace. You take the elevator. You sit all day. Get down. Come yeah. home, and you could have like 500 steps in a, in a day. And so, but I think you can find those things. Your people are already eating. Just look at, at what are easy replacements mm-hmm. in the thing that you're. You don't need to like go from just you know fast food to veganism mm-hmm. in in mm-hmm. in one step. And I'm certainly not a vegan. But there are a lot of relatively small things. And then for, again, I don't like to use the word intermittent fasting because it sounds like punishment. It's just basically have a later breakfast and have an earlier dinner. Yeah. And when you wake up in the morning, you know, don't put processed sugar into your body mm-hmm. as the first thing. Give your body like an hour or two to, to wake up. If you want to go for a walk, do it in the morning. Don't mm-hmm. eat anything before you, before yeah. you it's like It's like, and, and that's why... Like, I don't believe in dieting. I don't believe in mm-hmm. any of these kinds of radical interventions. What I believe is in habits, mm-hmm. in habits that you can just sustain over your yeah. life and just, you know, start small and say, well, where would I like to be and how can I move it in little steps? And then community is really important. And that, you know, if you want to do, let's say you want to just go for a walk every night, which is a wonderful way mm-hmm. to do Find a, a community of friends say, hey, we're going to, go for a walk every night at at 8 p.m. And we have a community of 10 people, and not everyone will go every day, but we'd like to get in in this habit.
0: I agree. I think that, for me, the idea of a staircase is a gem. Mm. Everybody can afford it, and there are stairs everywhere. And if that's all you do, and you can regulate it yourself, you can go up as many flights as you like, as many times as you like, You can do one step at a time or every other step. You can create this sort of escalation of whatever you like. And it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be boring. The other thing is it's so easy to decide that you're just going to flip a switch. You're not going to radically change your life. But if you go into your kitchen and when you're not hungry... And you go through all the cabinets, and you look at what's there, and you mm. read the ingredients, and you say, okay, I know for sure that that's processed, it's not good. Right. And you take it, and I don't, I'm a repurposing person, mm-hmm. I don't. wouldn't give that to anybody you love, especially. <laughs> give it
1: to your worst enemy. You like, give okay, it to your enemy. A, I got Oreos from Costco's. Take
0: it. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> and so you get rid of them, and then... Decide that in your house you are going to have, instead of what you can't have, you're going to have the following thing. So maybe there's many lists Mm -hmm. and you find the list of things that you love and you have them there. So when you are hungry, you open the door Mm -hmm. to anything and something that's good will be there. And when you're hungry, truly, it doesn't matter what's there Right. You'll eat it because it's there. And if it's Oreo cookies, right. big mistake. Yeah. And I think that there are these little tricks. And right. it's, again, the, the picking the time. You can pick, it could change from day to day. Yeah. But it's so easy when you know, I'm going to start eating here and yeah. finish eating yeah. here. And it's easy to sort of adapt yeah. around that. And we don't
1: need to be zealots about it. Because it could be that you're at a wedding and, and there's this, a late yeah. dinner, and you don't need to say, "Oh, I'm an early dinner right. person." It's like this; it shouldn't feel like this is like as uh, as I was saying, it's punishment. And mm. and I think that why I, I support what you're doing so much is that people are getting there's all this marketing to eat crap, and then there's marketing to eat crap that is presented as not crap. Yeah. So like I have all these people uh, who are like uh. feeding their kids these these like Capri Sun juices, which is just Sweet. total crap with yeah. zero, and then yeah. you know, all these people in the, in the sports world, they're eating the power bars, which is just a processed Sugar. crap yeah. candy bar, yeah. and so it's, re- it's, it's hard for yeah. people to educate, and then, like, pleasure, like, I love eating, as you know, um, and not everyone who said, well, I used to snack on Oreos, but now I snack on celery sticks, I mean, it's like, you have to, you have that's to not, find something yeah. that's going to give you yeah. that same level of happiness. And I think that it's there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is a little harder because it's so easy, you know, to get the industrial There's pack of more Oreos. There's bad
0: stuff yeah. out there. So I think what happens is, and it happens rather quickly. It's just like exercise for people who haven't been exercising right. in five weeks, four weeks, You see a change, and you crave working out. By eight weeks, you're in it to win it. Like, you're already there. And so if you miss a day or miss two days, that's okay. And then you go back to a routine because it is so gratifying and satisfying, and you're feeling extremely powerful in your own body. The same thing with food. By finding those things that now, oh, I love to do avocado this way, or I really enjoy my smoothie with these ingredients, or I I do a a nut seed bread that has no flour and a psyllium husk holding it together. It is so off the charts. Bread was always my downfall. Having this... I bake them, I mm. put them in the freezer sliced, and right. I take out a slice at a time. So you find things right. that you crave right. in the way you crave crap. And it's so good, and yeah. you don't feel like you want to kill yourself because yeah. you just had a bag of potato chips yes, that I were agree. just really.
1: And one of the things that I respect so much about you is that you, that you have these kind of big ideas, and then you make them realizable. In, in some cases, like with your Walmart line, like in a popularly accessible mm-hmm. way. And so, yes, I mean, you and I, we're in New York, and we have all of these options here, and, like, we can bake our own artisanal breads, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But let's just assume that there's somebody who's listening to this podcast who is maybe in, in Missouri, where I, I come from, maybe it's some rural town, and they're working two jobs, and they're getting their groceries at at Walmart, which we're both connected to. And Walmart
0: to. has great yeah. food, and great what produce. Yeah. So what I'm
1: saying is that, even for that person, yes, it's not about you have to shop at some Dean and DeLuca in mm-hmm. New York. Go to Walmart. Yeah. And just, it's about just informed choices. Yeah. And then when you, th- when you kind of learn a little bit about this and you learn the difference for your kids, like of the, of the Pig, habits that you yeah. instill and their health, and then you think of like the end of your life, like if you exercise around 45 minutes a day, you get nearly five years, on average, of extra healthy life mm-hmm. at the end of your life. And that's like five yeah. years? That's like seeing your grandkids. Right. It's being active. and so. It, but I think that we need to make it easy and accessible and enjoyable mm-hmm. and fun on an, ev- on an everyday yeah. level now.
0: And, and the, you know, the bread I was talking about, I have eaten raw for so many years yeah. that I'm not, I don't know how to cook anything, really. Uh So this bread is, you know, simple, and the ingredients can be found everywhere. And the truth is, it could be commercialized in a way, but making the bread is less expensive, and you do it once a week, and you freeze it. And so you can find a way to have something really special that you put... Ginger in, yeah, or whatever it yeah. is you like. So I think that there's something to preparing not every night because yeah. none of us have time right. for that. And if you have kids and you're a single mom, yeah, oh not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. But this is something you teach yeah. your kids how to make. That's how simple it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, there's no flour. There's none no, of that it's stuff. It's so
1: great. I yeah. always, you know, and like lentils. I mean, have all these things that are yes. like cost nothing yes. that are so nutritious, yes. so easy yeah. to uh, to make. And I think that's. And, I, and I, coming back to Walmart, like, I think they're actually have these kind of prepackaged salads yeah. and all of these kinds Easy. of things. And, and that's so in many ways, it's about choices. It's about the culture mm-hmm. of food and kind of really changing the way we think yeah. about the culture of, uh, of food. And I think it's possible because you look at places. I mean, um, some European countries are ahead of the United yeah. States in this, in this. So there are models and there are models how whole societies can move. But like all movements, it, they require Moving, mm. and that's why these kinds of conversations and more are so
0: more open. Conversation about it. I mean, there are probably 12 things that everybody should have in their cupboard yeah. that can sort of be the ground for anything you mm-hmm. make. If you have lemon and olive oil and sea salt, mm. you have the dressing for yeah. any vegetable yeah. you want to make, mm. anyone. And if you add turmeric to that, mm. another nice spice. And like I said, I'm not a chef, right. but I love some of these things, yeah. and it, they're so easy to prepare. I think having the conversation about how it affects health, mm-hmm. and basically, you know, we talk about health insurance and right. medical yeah. fees for everything, how we change that to yeah. a healthy lifestyle, but also the power of aging is really based on a healthy lifestyle. And then the surprise when all of this new technology right. comes in, yeah. you're just amping up what you've already put some time and effort into doing.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that leads us, where, where I think you're, you're going, into this question of meaning. And so mm-hmm. that we have all of these things to live a healthy lifestyle, which we want, because we want more health, right. we want more energy, we, we want, want more life. And then for what? And then so that we can invest in our communities, mm-hmm. in the things that, that give us true joy right. in life. And it becomes, ideally, a virtuous cycle. That you're, you're kind of joining together in embracing health, embracing life, embracing the chapters mm-hmm. of, of your life and, and time. Yeah. And it's, it really can come together in a beautiful way.
0: And purpose yeah. is everything, yeah. right? So that's where you're going with this. And I think... Nobody can live a full life without really understanding their purpose. Yeah. And when you know your purpose, the decisions you make every day are focused. You're going in a direction. It could, your purpose can alter and change. Right. But you're still, instead of randomly sort of floating around right. and day-to-day seeing what hits you and how you've, you you know, fend it, having purpose sort of cuts through a lot and it makes you push past whatever it is that's really coming in maybe not the most positive way. And I think understanding and figuring out what purpose is, is what keeps people aging longer. I mean, we talked about people we know that are older and I see there's a woman that I've interviewed, that i met on Instagram, Mm -hmm. and her name is Tao, and she is 101, and she still teaches yoga, her purpose is clear, she's amazing, she still gets dressed up and puts Mm -hmm. gowns on, Uh and and she's living it. So she hasn't decided that she's too old to put lipstick on, or that she's too old to work she's defied what her body is supposed to be doing now. And she still has her leg up in the air and is doing it. And I look at her and I thank her a million yeah. times because I see me when I see her. Yeah. I, I know. I can, I'm, yeah. that's, yes. I'm done. That's me. Yeah. And so having a look at what your purpose is and living it to the end. What's your purpose?
1: Oh, so my purpose is... You talked about me being a futurist, and I feel like since I was a little kid, I have had this kind of weird, whatever whatever the right uh, term is, ability to kind of see around corners. And there's something great about that, and there's something that's frightening about that. Because it's great because you can kind of get a sense of where the world is heading. And there's the danger of being a Cassandra, where you kind of see the world, but you can't do anything about it. And so my big mission in life is to help the general public become more prepared for this radical revolutionary future that's coming so much sooner than people think. I go all around the world talking about the genetics revolution. When you say even the words the genetics revolution, that sounds like far off Mm sci-fi, and I'm also a sci-fi writer. But when I explain it to people, no, this is going to totally change your, the way you get health care and your healthcare is going to be personally tailored to your individual mm-hmm. biology and it's going to be great because we're going to be able to really cure a lot of cancers, address a lot of problems. Now we call it fate, like if some young child dies of a deadly genetic yeah. disease, you we know, it's, it's a terrible misfortune. But if we have the tools, which we will, to fight a lot of these, these scourges, we should use it and mm-hmm. that's, but, so that's coming very Is that
0: soon. AI? Is that well, a, what it's, is it's, it? so it's
1: what I talk about is a super convergence of technologies because for all of these areas, so whether it's genetics or biotech or nanotech, AI, machine learning, quantum computing, it's all part of this one thing where all of these technologies are enabling each other, and that's mm-hmm. why the rate of change is increasing so yeah. um, so dramatically. And so to understand human biology, I mean, we certainly need to be able to get information. But then we need to make sense of the information. So just our, our genome. So as you know, the, the genome is the blueprint for who you mm-hmm. at least have the potential to be. And so when your father's sperm fertilizes your mother's egg, that single cell has the little blueprint, has the game plan for mm. the, how you're going to become uh, a person. But we, we humans with our, our, these little brains that we have, we couldn't understand the complexity of that. Mm-hmm. these 3 billion base pairs of genetic information. And so we need our machine learning and our AI to start to see these mm-hmm. patterns. And because all of this is happening, because the, every one of these technologies is getting stronger really by the day, that's why for me, I, I follow a lot of the, of the scientific literature. It's pretty much every day at least in, in certainly in, in genetics, but across the board, there's another paper that's released, which if this paper had come out 10 years ago, this person would have won the Nobel Prize. Really? And now they can't even get a story in the newspaper. Really? Because it's so ama- amazing. Like, like last year, two male mice had their own baby, 100% genetically related. No. Yes, two female mice had their own 100% genetically related baby. I mean, it's just like the stuff that's happening is just crazy. Life is being essentially built from scratch just for simple bacteria. But this is life. I mean, and it's it's insane where this is going. And that doesn't mean that we're going to be making humans from scratch anytime soon, but there is a group of people who are starting to plan for how we might
0: do that. And there is conversation about... You know, do you want to have children? Is this something that the generations, our current generations, are thinking are as important as previous generations believed was the way? And mm-hmm. I really think, especially in our country, less people are committed to the typical expected family unit of mother, father three kids or two and a half kids.
1: Well, we just passed the tipping point where there are more people living with partners they're not married to in this country than there are people yes. with living with partners who they are married yeah. to. And yeah. you look at, at places, like I was in Sweden a couple of, uh, of weeks ago, and there, it's like that's the way you do it. Like, when, I, when you talk about this kind of what, what we see as the traditional model of marriage, which frankly isn't that traditional. Maybe mm-hmm. it's 200 years old. But that's not what they're seeing. And, and, and what I'm observing is that at least for this traditional model that people have in their minds of like mother, father, traditional family structure, we're disaggregating that into its parts. And so maybe there are people who want to be parents and they don't want to be married and they can do that. Or maybe there are people who want to live with a partner but not formalize it. Um, maybe there are people who just want to be on their own but they want to have sexual partners and maybe it's a different sexual partner every yeah. night and they can do that. And so it's like all these things that used to, there used to be only one way of doing it. Now there are an unlimited yeah. number of ways. And so that doesn't mean that everybody should be doing all of those things. It just, it allows us to have a level of mindfulness to mm-hmm. say, well, I'm an empowered person. And how would I, what would I like the blue talk about DNA? What, mm-hmm. what, how, do, how do I see the blueprint Of my life and it requires like a level of honesty with yourself and with the people around you because if you're Living an alternative lifestyle and you haven't told the people who are in your life like that can be dangerous But if you have like a level of awareness and a level of honesty, then we we, it's really a wonderful age of of possibility
0: and think again I'm, I'm gonna go back to aging with power So many, uh, when I think of women, we talked about this, they go through menopause and everybody now is thinking it's about menopause and it is, but it's also, is she aged out of her job? Is she aged out of her marriage? Is she sort of aged out of everything? Well, my belief is no, 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 no. Go through that transition because on the other side, There's this other opportunity. So now, everything you just said, Mm -hmm. boom, how exciting. She can have any choice she wants, and that norm is the new norm for what happens at another point in your life. So I think all of these things, I'm not the type of person that's afraid of the future. There are things to be wary of as you... Well no. But I think in the general sense of being empowered by controlling the kind of medicine through food you're putting in your body and the movement and the sleep and all of those things is you can control that. You can you have the power to you're not victim to anything. You're not subjected to what other people are forcing on you. This is something that you have total control over having that control and then aging along with that you are developing a power that only comes with age and that's feeling good about yourself feeling good about how you feel and then the ability because your mind has evolved too to contribute so much more is incredible but then you, of course, come in with your, hmm, yeah. okay. Well, let's,
1: let's see what's possible. But, but it, let, let me, because I think it's a really great point, is that I think two things are the key to making the, your wonderful vision possible. The first is people need to internalize that message that you just said. Because mm-hmm. it's it's really hard, because there are all these societal messages that are saying, like, you have know, to live your life and you have a peak, and then you start declining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and And that's why we have... Like all of these people who feel like, well, I'm done. I don't have a value anymore. But You look at cultures like India where the elder is like among the most respected Mm -hmm. people and they're part of the family unit. And and they have something to offer with the wisdom that they've accrued. And so I think that it's really dangerous. We know that society is giving some very bad messages like that at every age you have to all the plastic surgery and, and you have to wear mm. whatever clothes the teenagers are mm. wearing. Like, I don't think you have to do that. But you also have to reject that messaging. Like you were talking about mm. it at lunch, that like this, you have to anti-aging cream. It's not anti-aging cream. It's, let's, if your cream, I know you have your line of cream, that makes you look beautiful for what, authentic what you beauty. are. Yeah, yeah. You're,
0: the authentic yeah. self can never ever be less beautiful than an artificial yes. intention. Yeah. And so there are words that are clearly uncomfortable right. to me right now, and that's anti-aging, right. anti-wrinkle. Right. Now, I think, and I think that there is something I, I'm thinking more and more about. When you feel, like, if you ask me how old I feel... Mm-hmm. I will tell you, twenty-seven. I think everybody. Why, why is it twenty-seven? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and I've spoken to older people too in yeah. nursing homes. I think it's that when you're when
1: you're young twenties, you're young and you're kind of foolish. When you're kind of late twenties, you're less foolish and you're still kind of spirited, young, yeah. and and, 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 and you're spirit, still young now. Right? But but I think that there's yeah. yeah. So I think there's. I think it's about spot. the spirit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, having said that. If you look in the mirror and you look sad and sick and pale and not healthy, it makes you feel not well and not positive about yourself. So I do think that taking care of yourself and looking after your skin and doing those things and doing meditating and doing healthy things to enhance the way you look. And, you know, I'm not a facelift person Mm -hmm. or somebody that is encouraged to have anesthesia when you don't need to. But I do think if there's something that makes you happy, I'm okay. But the witness protection program is not okay. If you look like somebody else and you're trying to look like Kim Kardashian, well, don't. And even Kim Kardashian
1: doesn't look like Kim Kardashian because she's
0: had so much work. But she looks... At least, like, a version of herself, and she owns it.
1: Yeah. And it's actually really, just as an aside, really impressive. I was actually with Kim Kardashian. We were speaking uh, together at a a conference in Armenia a few weeks ago. And she really kind of owns Owns her thing, and it's great.
0: I I am totally a big fan. I think she is her authentic self to the nth degree, and she does it successfully. So... Whatever that is for you, but when you when you feel so lost in connecting with self that you have to take on another identity, yeah. that is really where you have to stop and go back inside and really look at who you are. Nobody else looks like yeah. you, yeah. but the healthy version of you is the best one. And yeah. then whatever whatever it is. I mean, I dye my hair. I keep mm-hmm. thinking, do I want to have gray hair? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I'm not ready for that yet. And but for, for know, me right now, yeah. that's working.
1: And I think it's great and because I think it's really dangerous if we set up these extreme straw men. Say, so like, well, I'm going to be natural. Mm. And that means I'm not going to paint my toenails. I'm not going to cut mm. my hair. I'm going like, to wear homespun clothes. Right. I mean, there, Nothing wrong with the people who do that. And so I think it's, for me at least, the message isn't you don't have to go and and live in a cave and and hunt your own food or whatever to be natural. It's just everyone needs to find a balance Mm -hmm. that works for them. And there's so much messaging that is like almost encouraging people to lose themselves, to feel badly Mm -hmm. about being who they are. And certainly we all push ourselves, We all on top of the list, have our vanities and things that we do. But I think what you're talking about is just like self-acceptance mm. and self-love. And that's the kind of foundation, not just to looking good. It's the foundation to feeling good, to having healthy relationships, mm-hmm. to not feeling disempowered when your body changes or your life changes. And, and we all then together need to work to change mm-hmm. the superstructure yeah. around us because we have the, this messaging that, that in this country, which is it's, it's so sad that old people don't have anything to contribute. I mean, like I think that everyone... These people who retire and are in nursing homes, which are these heartbreaking experiences, or even people who are older people who are playing golf all day every day, Mm -hmm. and nothing against golf.
0: But people have so much to contribute to others. yeah, Yeah, it goes back to purpose because, I mean, I know my purpose, and at one point in my life, I questioned. Why am I so worried about a quarter of an inch on that hem or the way (laughs) that's fitting? And people are finding cures for cancer. And I really felt so bad. Mm. And I thought, what a shallow career I have. What has happened? I thought my life would be more meaningful. And then I just started to listen to what was already happening and that women were telling me about their experiences in in my clothes and how it was transformative for them. It made them feel a certain way or they had an experience in the clothes. And I thought, I I've never thought of it that way. And then I started to realize that there is something that I can do to make the spirit yeah. work. But then it even became more important for me when I started especially opening the Wellness Cafe after 9-11 and seeing that healthy lifestyle mm. could really change the concept of beauty. Yeah. And that beauty didn't have to be makeup. It didn't have to be what the fashion industry and the beauty industry told us what was beautiful. Right. That it could be something else And so I realized my purpose Mm -hmm. at that point had evolved to how to make women feel good about themselves. And so now I'm so sure that that's my purpose that I have every day, I think, about uh, how important it is that I do this power and aging and aging with power and making it so clear to women that, this is nothing. 74 feels mm-hmm. so good for mm-hmm. me. I've started new companies, done yeah. new things. I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. I found you. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's always a new discovery. No,
1: no, you believe in astrology. The, the stars brought us together.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, but it, it was because I was curious yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, you. Yes. No, but that's curi- exactly
1: right. Like, it was that curi- curiosity. It was that openness, mm-hmm. that wanting to learn that expands, yeah. and that creates a new set of possibilities. Yeah.
0: And and I think that the people you and I know or of any right, age, right. including Marty and yeah. other people yeah. in our lives, they are so incredibly curious yeah. that that energy just yeah. is the food for life. life. Right, life. It, it yeah. really is that. And, and
1: one thing that you said that, that I, I totally agree with was that you recognize that part of your mission is having people feel accepting of themselves and loving themselves and your wellness, uh, but also your clothing help that in that mm-hmm. process. And one of the things that I, I say a lot uh, to people, and I really believe, is that we're all part of these interconnected ecosystems. Mm-hmm. And so everybody, everything that you do, you're contributing to somebody else's ecosystem, but you're also, you also have all of these people who you don't know. Who are contributing to yours. Mm-hmm. Like you have like the glasses mm-hmm. that, that you're that you're wearing now. You know, somebody, somebody extracted the oil that turned into the plastic. Mm-hmm. Somebody, you know, dug up yeah. the, dug up the sand that's in the, mm-hmm. the glass. You know, somebody probably in China made the little screw. Somebody was part of um, shipping these glasses mm-hmm. from wherever they were made to here. And so everything that we do, we're connected to yeah. all of these people who it's like a little handshake. Yeah. And we're part of the handshake. And then you have these glasses, and those glasses are helping you see a little better mm-hmm. so you can make more perfect clothes. Right. So somebody else is looking <laughs> beautiful, and they yeah, you know, so do great. something else. And it's yeah. like I think that, I'm you know, sure of your listeners, you're not everybody um, is a world-famous designer, but everybody is an essential part of some ecosystem. Yeah. And I think that that's, this thing is, especially with aging, People stop seeing that. People say, well, I'm just alone, or I'm not contributing. Mm. And there's so much that people can do, and and so much that people are already doing that they're not not valuing sometimes.
0: It's so simple. You're so right. So even if you have a flower box on your window and people walk by, those flowers are affecting everybody that walks by. Or having a neighbor that just can use a hello or... We've talked about just touch. I mean, when was the last time somebody touched you? And kindness. And actually giving someone a massage or talking to someone about what their day was like is so simple. And kindness is really so simple. But because we're so distracted by this electricity that's become our reality every day, we're forgetting that that experience is critical, not just for our relationships with other people, but feeding our own soul of having that connection to how other people feel. I agree with you. I think that that network of simple things, changing, we may not be able to, I have a mantra that I created, and one part of it is, I may not be able to change the world, but I can change the world around me. Mm-hmm. And changing the world around you is so important because mm-hmm. it's the world of people you know and love. Yeah. And then they then connect yeah. that out to other people.
1: And it's, so, and it's just these little tiny things. Again, same point. It doesn't need to be that you know, every day you kind of leave and go to India and join an ashram. But I know this wonderful woman, Deborah zake in uh, San Diego and Mexico. And she's 95, and she, she lectures at, at Rancho La Puerta you know, once a week, which she's the founder of. And it's like she says every morning, she wakes up, and she sits up, and then she literally, she says, she puts her fist in the air, and she goes, Hello, day! Yeah. Like, that's, that's her ritual yeah. to start. Yeah. And just like you talked about this kind of curiosity that... You're never too old to not want learn, but to mm. need to learn, yeah. and, and to feel that learning it's, it's like populating mm. your life, and you populate it with people and, and ideas, and it's all out there. And I think that's the, the challenge is that there's a pressure, as we get older, to have a little bit of tunnel vision, and to feel like, mm. well, there's less light. And I think that it really takes work Mm. to open
0: the aperture, to
1: see possibility.
0: Especially, I think what happens, and and this is an observation I've had, that uh, as people age, they become disconnected with newness. They are disconnected to new music. They're disconnected to new fashion. They're disconnected to new technology. They're no longer relating to so many things right. that they become isolated. And well, I can't use a computer, and I can't do that, right. so I'm going to do this. And right. and so they all of a sudden realize they don't fit in the world. Yeah. And I believe there's a part of me that believes that okay, maybe it's my time to check out or Never. not to connect. Yeah. Well, but when they when you're yeah. so disconnected, yeah. and I think yeah. just like sleep, diet, exercise, curiosity, and learning to do something that seems so not what you think you can relate to, all of a sudden puts you back in the game and makes you realize that there's something happening that could actually be mind-expanding and that brings you into life again. And that isolation of just stepping away and stepping yeah. away. Yeah. And, and, and the spirit, you know, I know 25-year-olds who have lost spirit or have decided that right. that's not part of who they are anymore. Many things happen when we have problems yep. and issues mm-hmm. and stress. So I'm curious to what your thoughts are about stress. If stretches, stresses causes illness and yeah. aging and everything else. So yeah. tell me what yeah. you know about so
1: that. So stress is interesting. Stress, anxiety, on one hand we need to recognize they're essential parts of being human. I'm sure that there were early humans who were totally blissful and didn't feel stress. And they were the first people who got eaten. When By the animals, I came. can't, came. Like I was our thinking. Ancestors. It was like, you know, the way you survive in all of these hostile environments over millions of years, it's like, what's the worst possible thing they could go wrong? How can I prepare for like all of these? So like, that's the way our brains are right. built. And so, yes, you can seclude yourself in some kind of place and try to live a zero stress mm-hmm. life. But even, like, I'm very close um, with the Tibetans and and, and, um, have had five or six um, private meetings with His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and just
0: these guys are incredible. Who is also a cancer, by the way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Anyway, but
1: and I say this to to my friend, who's the prime minister of the Tibetan exile government, is, like, when the Tibetans were converted to Buddhism, they had been these incredibly fierce warriors. Yeah. And then they became these wonderful Buddhists with such an incredible message. But then, like these other guys, like the Han Chinese, started saying, oh, this is an opportunity. These guys are pacifist Buddhists. And, and it really was hard. So, like, we have to have a level, a level of fear. We have to have a little bit of fear in life. It's part of what hmm. needs to be human. But we can't let that stress and that anxiety and that fear define us. And I think that's the, the thing. Like, that... Everybody, part of being human is, is feeling stress. But there are some people for whom that stress becomes defining. Mm. And that it's part of our brain chemistry. It's so that we have this fight or flight. Um, and when that is going, you're not going to be able to get to this place of openness, of mm. acceptance, of true intimacy, because you're kind of always running. And it took me a long time to realize that the thing that you're running from is not the thing that you're worried about. Most often, I mean, sometimes you should just be worried and run. That's the right thing to do. But most often, at least for our lives, the thing that, that you're really fighting against is you. Mm. And that part of is like accepting self, accepting that there are difficult things in life, mm. and accepting and learning over the course of time, which is why it's wonderful to be older, that you actually have some resilience. Yeah. That these things that you thought were going to kill you, when you were younger, as a matter of fact, aren't going to kill you. As yeah. a matter of fact, you know, at this age of my life, the various things that I've been through, I think like, well, this is pretty bad. But I've seen
0: worse. Yeah.
1: And I fought back. And I right. made it through.
0: That's, exa- yeah. that is so, that's a huge point because what, when you have your first, which is usually around 30, where you have yeah. this first life experience that says, let's see how you handle this as an adult. Yeah. And it's overwhelming. Yeah. And it's huge and it really can give you a good yeah. shakeup. The more you have, the more you can handle what's happening because oh yeah, I know how right. I know that if I go this way or this, way, it's gonna yeah. and so you shorten the whatever it is and you have a little bit more experience right. negotiating your way out of it in yeah. your own head. And yeah. it and Only age, only age will give you that expertise. There are certain things that only age will give you, and no education of any kind can give you. And that's my, you know, now here even at work when I say, listen to me, I'm just telling you to do it this way. I hate to sound like somebody is But it works. Yeah. And I, I got bitten, burnt, did mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So to avoid right. me having to go through that with you right now, could you just take it from me? Yeah. This will yeah. be the end. Well,
1: that's, that's a hard one because it's their it, it's experience. it like is their
0: learning. However, it's on my dime. That's it's true. Like, that it's right one. here on my <laughs> yeah, dime. Exactly. On your own. I always say, on your own, yeah. Go do, it. Right. do it. it. That's very funny. But I, I, I do feel having that. That life experience yeah. is extraordinary, and yeah. that's what makes you feel so empowered right. that you can almost see the, how that will evolve out. Right. Right. And it, it really is is nothing compares to it. And again, if youth is what you're defining as the best older life, right. you're so on the wrong track. I know. But if you're looking at being healthy, you know, all of the aspects of that and having this foresight and this knowledge and this intelligence that is not gained in any other way, it's extremely empowering, especially when you use it and you see, oh, man, yeah, that's done right and and it's done and it's easy to pass on. And so passing on the wisdom of age is the responsibility also of age and making sure that you share stories, as many of them, so that people can take it and sort of blend it into who they are and find their experience. And that's really the joy of aging yeah. and that, you know, I so appreciate you sharing Yeah. I I just have to get as much information out there. Well,
1: I have a great book that, so I was at this conference last week in San Diego, and there was this incredible speaker, and basically what they're doing is they're testing food as if it was a drug. So just saying, if somebody sent us this substance, and we say, that is this substance something that could be used to fight this cancer? And then there's a protocol of how you would test a drug. And instead of testing a drug, they're just testing, like, walnuts. Like, can walnuts be, and it turns out, that like walnuts, blueberries, all these foods That's my, are like yeah. showing up. Yes, I'll, I'll I'll send yeah. you the link. Yeah, it's no, like, I know. It's like as they're showing up at the same level as like the top yes. drugs people are yes. paying millions of dollars yeah. for. Yeah,
0: I put it on my. I have it on my website, and, yeah. and I did a um, a piece on this. But I'm I'm going to do a thing on food as medicine. Yeah. And my favorite dessert is blueberries and walnuts. Yeah, 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 and as yeah. soon as I read, yeah. Breast cancer, no, and Walnut, but yeah. like serious, yeah, yeah. serious work yeah, yeah. being done. You get
1: maybe Mark Hyman. Do you know Mark Hyman? You I know, I
0: wanna I wanna yeah. meet him. Yeah. I I know so many people have yeah, gone yeah. to him and yeah. but he'd but, be a good
1: guest for yeah, the Yeah, he would. He yeah. would.
0: And there are a couple of other doctors like obviously, you know, I have a long relationship with Andy Weil right. and, and he's great and he has a great message on yeah. aging too. But I, yes, I want to meet him. I also believe in doing vitamin levels, of having blood tests and checking vitamin levels to just see if we can periodically, maybe twice a year, four times a year if you really want to, looking at vitamin levels and sort of correcting them with diet or supplements if it's that. There's a company
1: whose name I'm forgetting in Boston that does it. They'll send the phlebotomist to your house and... Yeah, um, Yeah.
0: there's a little controversy about some of that right now, but there are so many places you can, in New York anyway, where you can... get the um, blood test, and then see, oh, my levels of vitamin D3 are too low, I need to take a little bit more. And I think doing things like that, and and having that type of at-home stuff progress a bit more.
1: And making it easy, because like right now, I mean, I'm part of this this quantified self-movement, and everybody has the glucose monitors, and and like I was with David Sinclair, it was kind of funny, so he David now has this the glucose monitor on mm-hmm. and it's under his arm, and you, it's like for, so every time you eat something, you see how mm-hmm. what's going to happen to your glucose um, and so then I was doing this cacao ceremony for, at this conference, and David came, and <laughs> part of the thing when you're at the cacao ceremony, you have to actually drink the cacao and because cacao on its own tastes like shit, yeah. I, like yeah. I have it more it's like kind of dark chocolate with some cacao and so David was all worried that um, outside of the window when he was supposed to eat, he was having this thing and it, was, it had like, it was sweetened and, um, and then we did this whole ceremony which was like a guided meditation and then he showed me his glucose and it was the lowest it had been in the entire two weeks that he was testing. You're kidding. And then, so I said, there's, there's two options. One is, there's something in the cacao that is having this effect or it could be that the, the body doesn't work exactly like you think and actually being in this kind of ceremony and being in a meditative state and listening to beautiful music and dancing has done something to your Uh, physiology.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, I agree. I think when you introduce music and you introduce a meditative component, I also think, I believe meditation is such a powerful tool and I also feel that way about um, acupuncture. Mm. And I just think, integrating that more, which is what I try to do here, having access to meditation on a daily basis, especially, and sometimes it's not for everybody to do daily, but even for me, when I have heavy stress times, I'll go into the bathroom, turn off the light, put the lid down, and I'll just let myself wash away what is taking me over and causing And having that, and I think we might have even had this conversation of having a, you know, instead of a call to prayer, Mm -hmm. a call to meditation in this country, to me, would be one of the most progressive pro-health movements. And again, you
1: could just make it so easy. Like, what I say is, like, you could have, like, meditation elevators. Like when you get into the elevator, right. you hear these little bells, <laughs> like those are meditation gongs. And each floor is a meditation gong. And so it's like, even if you meditate, like I was at this conference I was at the other day, people were saying, they did this intervention, it was for commodities traders. Right. And they were feeling all of this stress. And so this, um, this doctor came and said, well, you should have, everyone should be required to take a 20 minute break in the middle of the day. They yeah. said, are you kidding me? We're commodities traders. These these trades are happening every fraction right. of a second. We can't take many. And they'd say, how about five minutes? They're like, no, you don't understand. And he said, all right, well, what if everybody set their watch and every two hours they closed their eyes for ten seconds and took three breaths, breaths. and just focused on their breath? It's all right, that we can do. And so they committed to doing it. And, like, the stress levels from just yep. that went way down.
0: Yeah. No, I, I really think if I were running the government, yep. I would find a way to make that a practice. Yeah. But it's very interesting, even here where we have meditation for a half hour mm-hmm. every day, there were people who were just resisting it. The ones that needed it the yeah. most were resisting. Yeah. And I finally said, so what you're saying to me is, even though I'm paying you meditation. a That's half like... hour to do nothing, you right. don't even have to meditate, you can right. just sleep, Right. You sit there, twiddle right. your thumbs. You're saying you can't do that. Right. You will not accept me paying you to <laughs> exactly. do nothing. And the, it's so ludicrous. And I figured I had to go that far right. in right. the description right. of what I was saying. Because somewhere along the line, somebody might all of a sudden fall into that euphoric moment that you really can't live without. That it is really so critical to have. So I think there are so many tools and talk about a tool for aging too. This to me is the wiser you are, the more you realize that meditation is really an important component. And
1: it's cumulative too. Like when I go to this Rancho La Puerta and I'm meditating and doing yoga every day, like every day it becomes better. It becomes more meaningful. It's like when you're, when you're, sitting down to meditate, and I'm not a, I'm a runner, and that's kind of my meditation, but I don't do meditation that often. When you sit down the first time, it's like, I'm doing nothing. It's like, I wonder what I'm doing later. What's for lunch? What do I have for breakfast? What's for dinner? And, and it really kind of takes a while. Yeah. And then you think, oh, well, I'm just watching my breath why am I watching why? my friend? What am I getting at? <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's like all these things Like you just kind of get into it. And, and in the beginning it's like, well, it's somebody hard. I trust yeah. said it's good. I'll yeah. try it out.
0: No, it, it is, it is hard, especially if you're a doer and a yeah. planner and you yeah. think about every section of your day, how can I just do nothing? But, it, but you have it, to it,
1: classify that nothing as something. I'm the meditating. Nothing is
0: valuable. Yeah. Nothing. yeah, yeah, yeah and, that, and that's,
1: and that's my thing in my life. I'm, my greatest strengths. If there's something that requires like a smart strategy and disciplined implementation, like I'm all over it. If there's something that requires just like letting go, like sleeping or meditating, that's really yeah. hard for me. But like you said, if you go to the hard place, yeah, there's a lot more growth mm-hmm. yeah. in that direction.
0: No, it's it's very exciting. And one of the things to acupuncture that I learned, and of course, I went to acupuncture totally mm. for vanity. I wanted mm-hmm. my acupuncture facelift, mm-hmm. and that was my motivation. Yeah. But the big takeaway is every time I have acupuncture, I have the deepest sleep mm. of my life, wow. and it is so rejuvenating wow. and restorative yeah. that you feel you're on vacation, and it's just like a 20-minute, nap. Wow. Wow. And it's so deep that when you meditate, right. it's sort of I call on that feeling right. uh-huh. and it's amazing how there's muscle memory yeah. for everything. Yeah. And there's muscle memory for sleep and relaxation. Yeah. Well, it's, too. it's like we get into these
1: patterns in life. And whether it's patterns about being a good sleeper, being able to relax, negative feedback mm. loops in our thinking or positive feedback loops in our thinking, like all of these things. We kind of we become ourselves in like a little yeah. bit by bit, and the changes are so small every day that if you're not really mindful you don't you don't notice the change and that's one of the reasons why i read, write a diary every night and have for most of my adult life is like you, you don't you don't see change because mm-hmm. every morning you wake up you look in the mirror you look kind of like you looked the night when you went to bed the night before but change is yeah. what's happening all these cumulative yeah. little decisions and habits and things
0: like and that. you don't see it, the, the, yeah. what the incredible thing is. You really, you look in the mirror, but you don't really see the thing you think you're seeing. Right. You're just, it's an incredible thing. And then you've evolved and you've changed. Yeah. And somebody takes a picture of you, I can tell you because I have 70 yeah. years of right. photos. And the evolution of yeah. who you look like. There are people I'm sure you've, mm-hmm. you've seen photos of as adults that do not at all look like anything like they did when they were in their 20s or even as children. And it's an amazing sort of phenomenon that that happens. But I believe if you do think about a healthy lifestyle, you actually do continue to be your authentic self in an aging version of it, but it stays sort of the same. rather than sort of this very different version. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and it's hard. I know that when I see people I know who kind of do just these radical momentary transformations, Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's hard, because by our standards of how we're comfortable people looking, it's like, oh, that's good. You look younger. But it's like you earn your face over Mm -hmm. the course of your life, Mm -hmm. and and like a a body, it's like a history. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that, Every, we should just be happy with everything or whatever. But it's like we we have to respect that.
0: Mm. And if you're thinking about fitness and thinking about what you're putting in your body, you don't really feel that bad about your body. It's an incredible thing. You can actually feel good and think that there's sort of a power in the way you look. So... I, of course, I could spend six hours right. here with you, as you know, and, and, I and with we you. will we will have to do yes. another one of Wonderful. these. Wonderful! But this was so helpful, and in my reference to aging, I'm always going to make sure everybody listens to this podcast Wonderful. because you're such an inspiration. And if you haven't read any of Jamie's books, I'm gonna send a put a oh, whole list so together. Great. But hacking Darwin is really. Beyond. You are such an inspiration, and I hope everybody gets to know you and follows you the way I do. Well, you are
1: wonderful, and you're an inspiration for me and my dear mother, who is will watch this podcast multiple times, and my entire family knows that you are a truly mythic figure in our in our family. How old
0: is your mom? Uh, Are you allowed to say? uh, Because
1: uh, we are embracing Age and because my mother has so much beauty and so much wisdom, I hope it's I hope it's okay, Mom. It's it's Just, okay. Okay, good. To say that my mother is 81, but oh, she wow. looks
0: great oh, and she's wow. so
1: energetic and she does ballroom I love dancing and she's working full time as a psychoanalyst. I love yeah. it.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, there you go. She's moving. Yeah. She's having fun while yeah. she's moving and she's working and yeah. that. The dream yeah that she's living the dream yes. no, I know. That that's so
1: great and that's why it's so important what you're doing is that there's so much unhealthy messaging and we need to change that and it's the first step yeah. is messaging ourselves and then if we have enough people who are messaging along these lines yeah. ourselves we can band together and and change the world
0: yeah yep i think so